Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, Bears fans? And welcome to another episode of the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use that code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. It's Monday, March 28th. I'm your host, Nicholas Moriano. I'm joined by the one and only Olin Krutz. Olin, how was your weekend, man? It was good. It was an interesting weekend. Um, the Oscars were definitely interesting to watch. Watch a little bit of that. Just one part when I heard that <laughs> uh, somebody got slapped that piqued my interest. So yeah. uh, that made me run the room <laughs> to check out the Oscars for the first time in years. So uh, I had a good weekend, though, just kind of hanging out. I got to do some football drills with a bunch of guys, uh, hang out at home. How about you? It was a good weekend. Pretty laid back like yourself. Um, we were actually talking off air like, I, I want to get back into doing football drills. And, you know, I just recently bought some cleats for, for whatever reason. Actually, my girlfriend doesn't know about that, so hopefully she doesn't watch. But, um, yeah, I just want to get back into doing football. And like you, uh, I saw your tweet on uh, what that certain moment in the Oscars. We're actually going to get to that, um, and we'll definitely discuss it. Let me but, ask you this. Yeah. When you say you get back into doing football drills – what football drills are you thinking about doing? Man, I want to do like ladders, sled work, okay. the cones, literally I everything. I wouldn't recommend bull in the ring. That's why I wouldn't recommend. No, no, that <laughs> one I could do without. Um, the physical ones we don't need. Yeah, no, but anything with footwork related yeah. and just kind of that high intensity. Like, like a seven on seven. Seven. Oh, gotcha. That'd be great. That'd be great. Um, that'd be fun. So, well, maybe we'll get that going. Who knows? But we will be joined by Adam Hogue, who is currently in Palm Beach, Florida, at the annual NFL owners meeting. And apparently, Olin, he is working from down there while yeah. we are uh, here in the cold. But Somebody has to suffer. Some- <laughs> Adam's down there. But, you know, when you have to hang around NFL people all day and owners, it can feel cold sometimes. Yeah, apparently, just like the media room that I was telling us before we went live here. But, Olin, I do want to start off real quick because we've been teasing the Oscars, teasing the Oscars, mm-hmm. and everyone knows about what happened, Chris Rock and Will Smith. Mm-hmm. What I want to ask you mm-hmm. to kind of start this off with what happened there was, and kind of relate this to football. Yeah. Was there a move that came out of nowhere and kind of smacked you in the face <laughs> and... Well, where did that come from? Well, you, you know what is interesting? If you're just talking about an analogy, like something that did happen to me, I remember, um, if you remember in 2011, after we had lost to Green Bay, um, I was a free agent, and I had, was under the assumption that the Bears did always want me back. Mm-hmm. Um, but remember, there was a lockout. They had yeah. locked out because of the CBA, and they had to agree on the CBA. So um, everybody was kind of in limbo, especially free agents. There was no negotiation going on. And then you remember they had a little bit of a negotiation window where mm-hmm. you could talk to free agents, and I did not hear from the Bears. And, I, and I'll make a long story short. Um, I remember I, then it, they agreed to terms, and I still didn't hear from the Bears. Mm-hmm. And I remember driving up to Hallis Hall, which was probably one of my bigger mistakes because you don't ever want to negotiate for yourself. Is a, uh, some advice I give to young players. Mm-hmm. L- let them just come to you with the number. Don't negotiate with the team. But anyway, went to see Jerry Angelo. And asked him, I said, Jerry, like, 
I'm hearing you're going to resign me, but I haven't heard anything from you guys. And he said, uh, in his Jerry Angelo tone, he said, um, well, would you pay the same for an old car that you would a new car? So that, that was a little bit of a slap in the face, right? Because I wasn't, in my mind, asking for money that the new cars were making. The new cars, for example, would be the young centers at the time who were Nick Mangold uh, was the best center in the league at the time. And I was an older center. Um, and I was asking for, anyway, that was at for like something that related to a slap in the face. That was a little bit of a slap in the face. But, but more of like, Nicholas, like we all get to a point of our careers where you realize, gosh, like I'm not the player I was anymore, right? Because when you're young and in your prime, everybody just kind of wants you. Now they're negotiating with you and telling you why they don't want to pay you as much. But, oh, I mean, you, you know, given how many years you had played with the Bears mm. and at that point hearing that, though. Yeah. Man, I mean, what what's like your initial? Re- are you angry? Is it more so? Like, what is what's kind of the initial reaction there? Then it is, but but it's your ego that gets in the mm-hmm. way, right? And that's why I tell young players don't, or even older guys, don't, don't get involved with all of that stuff. Just have your agent come to you with the last number, like whatever the number is they're offering, whatever the end number is, as high as you can get them. Give me that number. I'll make a decision on the number. Because if you get into the back and forth and you have to, now that you're older and I step away, you have to say, okay, he does have to negotiate from that angle. That's how you negotiate, right? And, and I had actually brought in what Jeff Saturday and Matt Burke were making at the time and said, look, this is what I'm asking for because they were my age. Yeah. And he, he repeated himself, like, would you pay the same? And I was coming, I had just played, I, we had talked about the last time I was on, I had tore my Liz Frank in that game, and they kind of mentioned that, right? Mm. But I finished the game, and they mentioned, well, you do have the foot injury. So anyway, long story short, and that, listen, Jerry Angelo and the Bears uh, paid me well while I played center, mm. so they, there's no complaints there, right? So uh, they gave me, I think Jerry was responsible for giving me three different contracts, okay? So it wasn't like they never signed me, but at that moment, uh, when you talk about like you're saying, because in my mind, that's what I was thinking, man, I... I've been a part of this team for 13 years. I just fought through an yeah. injury for you, and now you're throwing this at me. And, and, and to tell the whole story so everybody knows the story, they did eventually get to the number, mm-hmm. right? And by that time, Ego had gotten away, and then they had told me um, another slap in the face with the call me on the phone and said, we, we're going to offer you the number you want, but we need a decision in 20 minutes. And I said, why in 20 minutes? And they said they were trying to sign at the time. I forget his name now the center from the Seahawks, who at the time, if you remember, the Bears had hired uh, Rusko as their assistant general manager. Okay. Yeah. So the guy they were trying to bring in was Rusko's first pick from Seattle, mm. right, who, who ended up – Chris Spencer, really good guy, like Chris, a pretty damn good center too. Um, but I knew that not a lot of teams wanted Chris Spencer. So I had felt like they were lying to me. And so you use – anyway, if you're talking about like what I felt like was a slap in the face – that's the one time I did feel like, man, you know, gosh, like I, I feel like I've been here forever. But you have to realize like this, it's a business. And, and that's why it's good to be on this end now or talk to younger players or even older young guys who are younger than me going through the same thing and say, look, don't let your ego get in the way. Just whenever they off, because the last number said they wanted me to be a bear. Mm-hmm. Right. I just should have made a decision off the last number. Gotcha, gotcha. And, I mean, again, the business side of things, that, that is a huge factor into to kind of what happens here. To kind of pivot here, Olin, I do want to talk about you and Jason McKee have a great podcast, and I feel like the chemistry that you guys had 
on the field is represented, <laughs> you know, in this podcast, how you guys talk about things and build off one another. Go check it out, the No Name Football Podcast. Only Cruz, Jason McKee, they have great, great guests and a guy that they had on last on their last show, Matt Bone, who we'll get to in a little bit. Um, fantastic. So definitely go check that out as you kind of also listen to CHGO Bears podcast. But I kind of want to talk about here real quickly, Olin. You mentioned in that last podcast that you had about the how fundamental your grandfather's gym was to you and being in the development factor to who you are today. For our listeners that don't know this story, can you quickly tell about, again, the fundamental parts of, of your grandfather's gym for you? Oh, definitely. Now, uh, my mom's dad, my grandfather, George Perry, he had a gym in Hawaii. Uh, he had trained at the time when I was in there. He had trained guys who played in the NFL since the 1970s. Wow. So there was a system there that worked. And at any time in this little gym under my grandfather's house, we'd have almost 40 guys training. Okay. So uh, we had older, the older group would go first. Um, we were the kind of college high school group, and then the younger kids would go. And, you know, there's a guy who sadly actually just passed away. And that's why I'm wearing this sweater. This is Westside Barbell. Uh, the man's name is Louis Simmons. And for all strength athletes, Louis Simmons is a legend. And most people do some form of Louis Simmons workout now. Mm. But Louis Simmons used to say a lot, you run with the lame, you gain a limp. Okay? And that means your training partners are the most important people to your group and the way you train, how hard you train. And I had Dominic Raiola was one of my training partners. And he played 14 years in the NFL. And I had Shane Oliveira was another one of my training partners. He was an all-wax center at University of Hawaii. I had uh, La'anui Correa. He was a defensive end at University of Hawaii. The gym was packed with people mm-hmm. like my grandfather's son, Bruce Perry, who was a strong, tough guy. Anyway, the atmosphere, the intensity in there, it helped me develop into the center I became. But the reason why me and Jason McKee talked about that, because I asked Jason, like, you know, you listen to it. I said, J-Mac, what do you think was – important in your development to be an mm-hmm. NFL football player. And he talked about his dad, who was a military yep. guy. And his dad made him do push-ups and sit-ups. And I don't mean to repeat the whole podcast here, but we were talking about how do you take that atmosphere? If you're Ryan Poles, we talk about developing football players. And what we're actually trying to do is define that. Mm-hmm. Let's define, like, you, it's easy to say, man, they got to develop more wide receivers. or You have to develop offensive linemen. Well, you have to look into the fact of, and create a system of how to actually develop football players for different positions, right? So you get a guy like, say, Jason McKee, and we always say history leaves clues. So a guy like mm-hmm. Jason McKee walks in a room, and if you're a coach and you've studied all of this, you say, well, I know how one guy like this developed. Exactly. Let me push him into this route. Or you get a center who's a little smaller, right? And, and, and you have to develop him. And like for me, because I was a little smaller and quickness was my game, strength training was tremendously important for me. I had to get a strong, it was almost opposite, but when you study strength, you start to realize that everything comes out of the absolute strength bucket, which is obviously just being as strong as you can. Mm-hmm. As My quickness was my game, but I would just train to be super strong, as strong as I could be, right? So anyway, uh, we, that's what we were talking about, but as far as my grandfather's gym and development, and there's a ton of stories uh, out there about that, the way I was raised and stuff, but the development of football players is what we were trying to figure out because it's easy to say it. Yeah, for but sure. they got to do de- like the Bears have to develop wide receivers. The Bears have to develop offensive linemen. How how do you do that? 
Yeah, no, that is that's a great question there, Olin. Right. And we do have a question from Mike here. I would like to know if Olin heard what Lucas Patrick said about him, something like that he would love to play at 5% his level. I did not hear that uh, from Lucas, but um, it's humbling. When, when young guys talk about you, uh, obviously you, you, you try to play the game. I'm sure um, <laughs> he's – you know, like if you're a ball player, you respect other ball players, and For I'm sure. an old ball player, and, and and I appreciate him like the respect he's trying to show there. But I'm pretty sure Lucas Patrick is playing in a way more percentage of that of of what I was playing at. But um, you you like you know anytime I got to meet say Jay Hilgenberg mm-hmm. or Tom Thayer or man, I mean we talked about him uh, Jimbo Covert. I got to meet Keith Van Horn, Dan Jiggets. Um, Mike Bortz, like I, I got to meet so many guys th- th- through the years, uh, even when I first got here. Casey Wigman, James Pigcat Williams, Todd Perry, Andy Heck. Um, you always have so much respect for those guys. But no, no, I didn't hear that. Uh, I think that's when he was on with Jeff Joniak. So mm. um, I, I have to go listen to that podcast. We have one from Lucas. Oh, you were my role model as a person and as a center growing up. So, I mean, Olin, that's got to feel... You know, yeah, I mean, it, it, it does. I mean, you know, the, the game, you know, if, if we get a little sappy here for a moment, which <laughs> it seems like everybody likes to do nowadays, but um, the game's giving me a lot, right? The mm-hmm. game's giving me basically, um, you can make an argument that I, I could end up in a lot of different places without the game of football. Yeah. So the game of football is giving me uh, basically everything as I got. Uh, and now my, now my two sons are scholarship athletes at Illinois. From the game of football, right? Mm-hmm. And they love the game of football. And I basically teach them about life through football. And I think that's where people get confused. Um, do you think so-and-so can make the NFL? Who cares? Yeah. Who cares if you make the NFL? Because you know what you learn from the game is really what matters. And if you're good enough, you'll get there. You know, like the NFL is, gosh, I don't know, 0.01% of football players, right? Mm-hmm. So those guys, no matter how much people want to tell you that they developed them in high school, uh, those guys, those guys, those guys. Most of the time, are born. They're born that way. But mm-hmm. you have to have a lot of help. But um, yeah, like you end up being a, a center, a role model. Uh, that is always awesome. And and you always try to hold yourself to a certain standard. For sure, definitely. Um, and then there was just one other big takeaway that I want to mention. Like I said, you got to go check out the No Name Football Podcast to get the real in depth interview that Olin, Jason, and and had uh, Matt Bowen on there. But Matt Bowen, being a former NFL DB. Mm-hmm. He went to the University of Iowa, my, my alma mater, went to DePaul too, so we kind of have the same track record here. But he mentioned something about the secondary there, Olin being that, and the word he used, talent deficient, outside of Jalen Johnson. And if, you know, Matt Bowen's saying this, I think you take that with a little bit more credit than anybody else, just because of his his knowledge of the game. But when you heard that, Olin, was, I don't know if it was surprising or just that, again, he pointed that out as being a unit that can definitely need some help. I don't think it was surprising. I think it was interesting to hear. You, we all know the point of view Matt comes from, mm-hmm. and we all know how much Matt Bowen studies the game. Oh, yeah. Right? He works for ESPN. He's an analyst. He works on a matchup show. Uh, nobody, I will guarantee you, no matter who you are, you are not watching more film than Matt Bowen. No. Okay. And and then you don't. I always tell people, you may be watching film, but at some point, you don't know what the hell you're looking exactly. at. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Matt Bowen does know what he's looking at. He did say they're talent deficient, which. Nicholas, you and Adam have said many times, I listened to the podcast, you guys talk about worrying about that cornerback spot and the slot cornerback mm-hmm. spot and that's Eddie Jackson's a level of play and who's playing <laughs> safety next to Eddie Jackson. So interesting, right? We went into this offseason, 
and the offensive line obviously is the buzz word for, for people in Chicago. We got to fix the offensive line. Poles basically revamped the whole defensive line, right, and didn't get Ogan Joby, uh, didn't get Brian Allen, their first swings at the free agency. And now we're talking about cornerback, right, and, and where they don't have talent there. And then you have to start thinking about in that second round, those two picks. It literally will be, Nicholas, I don't know what you think, it will be the highest-rated guy on their board. Mm-hmm. No matter position, because they yeah. could use, like, who wouldn't you take? Maybe a quarterback. Probably, yeah, that'd probably be the one. You probably don't take a running back there. Yeah, I, mean, well, I, mean, I don't back. know if there's a running back ranked that high. Yeah. But, um, okay, so you have Jalen Johnson right now, Eddie Jackson. Here's an interesting name, okay, in this system, because I, I forgot, I totally forgot about him, because we had talked about Thomas Graham and, Graham and Bryce Callahan mm-hmm. at that slot cornerback position. Duke Shelley. Okay. Okay. To me, when I watch his game, interestingly enough, this system may fit him. He's aggressive. Matt yeah. talked about yeah. you have to be a willing tackler mm-hmm. at that spot. He's a good blitzer, right? Like I remember last year when he came in, covering guys one-on-one was in his strong suit. But he was a willing tackler, right? Yeah. Like he does have um, the athletic profile you're kind of looking for in this defense at cornerback. Now, now he's still on the roster, right? He's still on the roster. Okay. Yep. Yep. Still there. So he Michael had a good Joseph, game against uh, Kendall Vildor, Houston. But but yeah. you can see, like you can see, I, I don't I don't know what you think about Duke Shelley, but but I found that when I saw his name, I was like, oh yeah, he's there. Like there's <laughs> another guy. Like there's another guy who kind of matches that. You know, it was I think the game against Minnesota, and it wasn't last year. It was two years ago where he actually came on. He was making a lot of tackles in the box. And Dalvin Cook, you know, that's that's not an easy guy to bring down. And coming off the edge, like you were saying, so that's what that's what you saw Kenny Moore do. Right. Right? In Indianapolis. So a guy that can get involved, you have to be able like Matt Bowen, he directly stated that you have to be more than a willing tackler. Like that's that's your right. job in there. Right. So maybe that's a, a spot where he can compete. And I think it's gonna be Thomas Graham Jr. also in that that area. But guys that are both what? Lower uh, and it, like round seven picks, they have to work for what they're for their spot on the team, and that's kind of what this system is w- wanting guys to do. Like you have to buy in, and if you're willing to do that, maybe you'll get a shot. Right, and 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 interested again to see can they get Eddie Jackson back to that 2018 level, yeah. and and to me it's like marrying a coach with the player, right? So Ed Donatel, who is now the Vikings defense coordinator. Was, was Eddie Jackson's safety coach. And I think that sometimes a coach just speaks your language, okay? And I think that Eddie has really missed him. I, I'd be interested to ask him, like, how have you felt about since Ed Donatel left, mm-hmm. right? I'd be interested to ask him that question because Allen Williams, that is his, the Bears' new defense coordinator, is a secondary guy. And I know they have a, a I'm losing his name now, but they do have a safeties coach, so those two guys have to get Eddie Jackson back, making plays, playing at a high level. I mean, when Eberflus turns his film on, all the things he preaches, when he turns Eddie Jackson's 2018 film on, he's uh, got to be excited, man. Has to be. Right, he's got to be. I mean, the guy was all over the ball, right? So how do we put him in those positions again? What do we have to tell him to get playing at that speed again? Because I'm going to tell you what, I don't know much about cornerback play. 
So I'll complain about Eddie Jackson missing tackles. And mm-hmm. and Matt Bowen will call me and set me straight and say, Olin, you don't know how much he does. Yeah. Right? You don't know how much ground he covers. You don't know what he, coverage he allows the coaches to play. And I find that extremely interesting because when a guy like that goes to bat for Eddie Jackson, that means this guy's a special player. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. And I think the big thing, too, like Eddie Jackson was making those plays. That's why we put him at this standard. And because he hasn't made them, now we kind of take him off that that pedestal, I would say. But, yeah, just the point of this, obviously we know that there's question marks at the offensive line still at this point. But that secondary is equally, you know, there's there's holes all over all over the roster right now. So just wanted to definitely point that Listen, out. Listen, man, the secondary, I mean, they didn't get Ogan Joby, so Jones is not your starting three technique, right? And then you don't, like, you got to stop the run. Yeah, like, 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 <laughs> for sure. So, so it's going to be Angelo Blackson Jones in front of Roquan. And I know that Erlacher said that he's going to play downhill one gap. And that was great advice from Brian. But, you know, Tommy Harris in front of you, Tank Johnson in front of you. Sure helps. Uh, uh, Adewale Agunlier, Alex Brown. Uh, that's a little different than what <laughs> uh, Roquan is looking at right now, right? Lance Briggs next to you, Mike Brown uh, on the field with you. So, uh, uh, there were always those guys out there with him, right? And obviously it was – Erlacher was the first ballot Hall of Famer. But all I'm saying is right now on this team, on this defense, they don't have a left tackle, right? Um, not yet. Uh, unless they, they think Tevin Jenkins unless or Borum think, yeah. are the guys. And I'm not going to talk about Borum anymore because um, – I got scolded by his mom. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. That's all I say, right? Yes, ma'am. Yep. She, said you know my son, hey, she said my son's a tackle. Yes, ma'am. You know what I mean? I'm good with that. I'm not, not <laughs> Don't get in trouble. Yeah, listen, I'm good. I'm good. Um, so, the team has a lot of questions. Uh, you know, who's the backup nose guard? Who's the backup three technique? So, you could almost make an argument if you get there in the second round and there's a three technique there Man. that fits the scheme, right? You could make, like – Pose can't really say no to very many things, very many positions when they come up, and it's anybody's guess. Absolutely, like, Olin. Actually, now, like quickly thinking about it, like your four down linemen, who are who are your guys? Like it's right. obviously um, you have Justin, and then you have Robert Quinn and Travis Gibson, Quan Muhammad. Is it Kyrus Tonga? Is at this point like? Well, yeah, and I, and I like Kyrus Tonga's game. I just don't know if he matches the scheme, right? right? So but that's but the interestingly I mean, enough. Uh, Mike Tomlin did that for years with Pat, not years, he was one year in Minnesota. Okay. But when Pat Williams ran nose guard and that kind of, now Pat was an exceptional mm-hmm. nose guard. Now, uh, uh, he was, gosh, like, he was a long game, okay? Like, playing against Pat was, uh, uh, <laughs> you had to bring your lunchbox, okay? Especially, like, if you were a center like me who had, like, we had a power running game. So we were running right at Pat, right? So, uh, but... They, all I'm saying is a, a nose guard like that has fit in a scheme like this before. But remember who their three technique was. Kevin Williams out of Oklahoma State. Mm. Kevin's one of the best three techniques. I think he went into the Minnesota Ring of Honor this year. That's yeah. how good he was. right? So he followed John Randall and uh, things like that. So uh, you're right. Angelo Blackson, right? Uh, uh, they signed Quan. I don't want to take a shot at his name again. From <laughs> Indianapolis Colts. Yep. But... This is what I'm saying. When, when, when I say that group out loud to you, the first thing I think about is when they go to see Dalvin Cook in Minnesota, who is going to stop the run? That's a good question there, Olin. Right. We're, we're going to find out uh, later this year. 
But first, um, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we'll help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's new feature, Live College Basketball Same Game Parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live same game parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game, and you want more? You can boost your live same-game parlays, watch live, parlay live, and boost live with PointsBet. A lot of live there. And now online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. Everyone's got one of those, right? Uh, plus, during PointsBet's uh, March mat- Match Madness, all users can earn up to $100 in free bets. During each round, just place a $50 or more pregame wager and get a free $20 live bet to be used for that round. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I had Dustin Johnson, man. I had him in that match play. You see when he almost came back? You don't want, you watch golf? Uh, I do not. Do oh, not I thought he had him. I think, I think he dropped three or four birdies in a row, won four holes in a row. I thought he was coming back, man. Mm. Gosh. Hey, I mean, that's that's the, the risk you take, right? I could have been with Adam in Palm Beach if I would have won. But since I lost, <laughs> For sure. here I am. And before we get to Adam Hogue, who's just waiting on the other side, you can't see him yet, I have to tell you about CHGO. Um, for Chicago sports fans, if you aren't a member of our CHGO family, what are you waiting for? Members will have access to all of our premium content from all of our great writers. You also get a free T-shirt of your choice when you become a member. And you get access to the members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge. And, of course, we have podcasts like this one and live shows on every team every day. So come join the amazing family that is constantly growing here at CHGO. All right, we're back, and I think we're going to bring in Adam Hogue, mm. who is live. And look, it's looking sunny over there. Adam, how's it going? What's up, guys? It is sunny. It is uh, nice at this resort where I think the rooms all in are uh, $1,900 a night. Man. So, so yeah, I mean, you think CHGO you know, is paying you staying, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're, I, trust me. I'm not staying here. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's but like, yeah, uh, it's, uh, in the, in the olden days, Adam, uh, the bears, like we'd go to a hotel and then the owners and stuff would drive off to another hotel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's like that. I see. Yeah, they're they're over at the Four Seasons, right? And you guys yeah. are just hanging out at the Marriott. Uh, no, yeah, guys. So we're gonna get a chance to talk to uh, Bears general manager Ryan Poles in a in a few hours here. But this morning it was all about the AFC coaches. So the AFC coaches talk today. NFC coaches talk tomorrow. So uh, that's when Matt Eberflus will talk. But it's uh, still interesting. There's a, there's a lot of uh, connections to the Bears that we had this morning. Had a chance to. Talk to your guy, Olin, Lovey Smith, this morning uh, about Matt Eberflus, about this defense, about mm. whether or not NFL players still want to be pushed the same way. And naturally, Lovey's backing it up. Of course he would. Um, but I still found it interesting that their time – I was trying to figure out, guys, actually why or when 
their connection between Lovey Smith and Matt Eberflus because they never coached together. No, it was uh, I think um, Eberflus ended up with Rod in Dallas. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, so I think that's uh, where he was taught the system, right? Right, but um, the connection with Lovey actually started when Lovey was the D coordinator in St. Louis with the Rams. And at that same time, Eberflus was the defensive coordinator at Missouri, uh, you know, just down the road about a couple hours away. And so that's when, according to Lovey, he told me this this morning, that's when they started collaborating. And then when Lovey got the job up in Chicago to be the Bears head coach, he invited Matt Eberflus up there to come visit, come see things. And so even before Eberflus started working with Rod Marinelli, he had already kind of chosen this as the defense he believed in, the system that he wanted to run. Uh, similar to, I remember Brandon Staley kind of saying so, the same thing. Even Adam, when Brandon, so he, he learned it from Lovey first? Well, that's at least when he started learning it. Uh, the way Lovey put it was collaborating. Yeah. Again, now, we'll, we'll get Eberflus tomorrow, and I'm uh, you know looking forward to talking to him a little bit more about this to get his side of all of it. Yeah. Um, but same kind of deal with uh, when Brandon Staley told me that even when he was at John Carroll, he told me that uh, he had already identified Vic Fangio as like the defense that he mm. wanted to learn and learn under. So if he could ever get a job under Vic, that's all he cared about. And, of course, he got that opportunity with the Bears, and, uh, and that's the system that he went on to learn and run. So it just finds all that stuff kind of interesting. Yeah. And you said you talked to a lot of the AFC coaches, or the AFC was predominantly today. What did you kind of learn from, like, Andy Reid, I know, was, was one of the guys. But what did you kind of learn there, Adam? Well, one of the things I obviously wanted to ask Andy Reid about was, uh, you know, hey, man, uh, I know you're friends with Matt Nagy, but you, did you watch the tape the last few years? Or, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> you, know, and he, you know, of course, there he goes, and he straight up said, he's like, yes, we're friends, but. Obviously, if I didn't think Matt Nagy was a good football coach, I wouldn't have hired him uh, to come back. And, and really, he said that that ball was all in Matt's court, that, uh, you know, he didn't flinch about it. He said, you know, if you want to come back here, you can. But he didn't know if Nagy wanted to. Nagy still had a year on his contract. So Nagy could have said, no, nah, I'm good. I'm going to collect these paychecks from the Bears uh, and sit out for a year. And But ultimately, Matt wanted to keep coaching a good fit with Patrick Mahomes. Andy said that they still have a really, really good relationship, so they can kind of pick up where they left off. And uh, obviously, Mahomes is a much different quarterback today than he was the last time he was working with Matt Nagy. But uh, the other thing was, unsolicited, Andy Reid was just raving about Byron Pringle. <laughs> now, of course, I always wonder then, uh, well, then why'd you go out and sign Juju Smith-Schuster and, and uh, MVS uh, instead of keeping Byron Pringle around but um, he did you know he said he loved the guy loved coaching him and uh, fast quick good route runner all those things so that was that was interesting you can kind of get a sense when you kind of tee coaches up for questions like that Olin mm-hmm. based they're always going to their answers always going to be something positive right but you can mm-hmm. kind of get a sense for how far into the positivity they go if it's genuine or not and I genuinely felt like Andy Reid was talking about a guy in Byron Pringle that, that he really, really liked to coach and uh, is a little bit bummed that he's still not going to be in Kansas City. Gosh, I hope he's right. We, we, can, we can use a receiver who's dynamic like that. Fast, quick, break tackles, go 88 out the gate. Um, Alex, did you get a chance to – I mean, Adam, did you get a chance to talk to your guy down there, Mike McDaniel? <laughs> yes, um, actually. And then later 
uh, I just saw him it, it, like walking down a hallway. I walked right by him and he looked, you know, he looks like he should be like hanging out with me in the media. Like he <laughs> yeah. just looks like any of the random reporters that are sitting out here right now in, in the courtyard. He just does not, he, you're not like, Oh yeah, this guy's an NFL head coach. Okay. Uh, but yeah, he was actually right next to Brandon Staley in a, uh, what was turned out to be a horrible setting mm. for media availability. It was so loud. No one could hear anything. Because uh, it was in this huge room that just echoed, and it would. So hopefully they fix that by tomorrow. But um, anyway, yeah, Mike McDaniel, find him very, very fascinating as uh, we've talked about, and uh, not nothing groundbreaking from him today. But I did uh, definitely pull over for a few minutes to hear some Mike McDaniel. <laughs> you have to. He's an interesting yeah, guy yeah. for sure. Adam, what's so? What's the rest of your schedule look like as for today, and then just the rest of the week? And you're not going to be hitting the beaches like uh, starting now, are you? Uh, not starting now. I mean, starting eventually. I hope so. <laughs> um, no, it, it, you know, to peek back behind the curtain a little bit, the the big event of coming to the annual meeting every year is there's a huge reception uh, tonight where uh, the media is allowed to attend, and it's basically just owners, GMs, coaches, and reporters. So good opportunity to rub elbows. Um, it's kind of like the nicest wedding you've ever been to is how I, how I describe it. You know, the NFL goes all out for this thing. So for one night, they actually welcome us, uh, and treat us like we should be there. And you know, it's a nice (laughs) feeling for one night of the entire year. Um, uh, but no, yeah, like I said, we'll get Ryan Poles here in a few hours too. And a good opportunity to talk to him for the first time, uh, since he's been making moves because he hasn't talked about any of these free agency signings. So, uh, when I join you guys tomorrow, have a good opportunity to share some of that. And by the way, all of this coverage, allchgo.com. In fact, I have a column up. I think it just got published, uh, which you guys can find the members only section at allchgo.com. I want to make sure people are getting those memberships. Uh, and a little bit of what I've talked about, a little bit more deeper insight from Lovey Smith that I think is helpful with Matt Eberflus' defense that I think people will be intrigued to hear about. I thought that was an awesome nugget. I didn't know that. A um, couple things, Adam. Uh, I'd be in- first of all, it'd be interesting to finally talk to Pose about everything that happened to the mm-hmm. team uh, since this started. We're, we're we're relegated to talking about, and I and I know there's been some information out. I've heard anything else. I got a feeling on Ryan Bates, and then is this the um, my other question? Is this the meeting where they have like uh, rule? They propose rule changes. Is this is this what they're? Uh, is there any yes. proposed rule changes down there? And what about? Have you heard anything on Bates? Yeah, so I'll start with Bates and then get to some of the rule changes um, because, you know, the, the easiest way to answer what you just asked is, like, everything happens here. That's why they, you know, like, the, there's, there's the Buffalo Bills just announced their intentions to have a new stadium. That all gets approved by the owners here. So the, basically any committee possible is meeting down here this week, which is why they call it the annual meeting. But in terms of Bates, um, as of right now, the Buffalo Bills have still not decided – on whether to match now let me caveat that that publicly they have not announced their intentions my guess is they have already made that decision um this does not mean definite but typically when these things happen if the team's gonna match they usually do it pretty quickly and i specifically remember when the kyle fuller thing happened when the uh Kyle Fuller, they put the this is a little bit different than an RFA, but they put the transition tag on Kyle and the Packers off, you know, gave him an offer sheet. And it was like five minutes later, we found out the Bears were matching. You know, like it, it, that's how fast it happened. So in this case, you know, it's been a few days since 
the the Bears gave Ryan Bates that offer sheet. And the, when you're the team that is not going to match, a lot of times they'll let it go, run its course for five days, and then say goodbye uh, instead of matching right away. Now, that does not mean the Bears are definitely going to end up with Ryan Bates, but as of right now, that's where the thing kind of seems to be trending. That would be uh, devastating if the Bears didn't get it because I know a lot of fans are <laughs> a fan of Ryan Bates right now, Adam. So, hopefully, I mean, what, they have till tomorrow, I believe, yeah. to kind of yeah. situate that. And real quick on the rule changes. So, um, competition committee meets here. They also met at the Combine. That's where they – kind of come up with their finalized list of things that they're actually going to uh, talk about here, which is typically where these things get finalized and voted on. In a few cases, because there's another meeting in May, sometimes things will get tabled. Um, this time, the agenda is very, very small. They're just vo voting on the overtime rules. Uh, there's a rule on... Um, Oh, there's one roster rule that should be easy and a no-brainer to take care of, and then there's another rule that we've sort of briefly talked about on the show about when you can hire secondary uh, football executives. But the main rule thing that they're talking about here is overtime and what to do with that. I did find it interesting. I wasn't in the conversation with Mike Tomlin this morning, but I did see it on Twitter that Mike Tomlin came out pretty strongly against the idea of giving both teams a possession. And he, he made the case that, look, there's plenty of time in regulation to decide the fair winner. And if you need overtime, then at that point, you're just trying to get to the end of the game. Like, whoever can score first, he's fine with sudden death. Like, he's totally prepared and down with sudden death because his argument is you get four quarters to have equal possession of the football and all that. So if you still can't decide it at that point, then that's the whole point of overtime. It's just, just get a result. Um, so I guess that's the other side of the argument. So maybe hearing a guy like Mike Tomlin come out so strongly on the other side of this will create a little bit more discussion. Because I'll be honest, flying down here, I felt pretty strongly that this overtime rule where both teams are going to get a possession was going to get passed. It, it seems like Mike could argue anything and you'd end up agreeing with him, right? Like, she's like Mike Tomlin. <laughs> she's like, he, he, he could fly and sell ice to Eskimos. Like, you guys didn't know it here? You need ice. And I'd yeah, be Mitch like, Trubisky's yeah, I, think I need ice. Mitch, yeah, Mitch Trubisky's going to win MVP this year, right? Uh, <laughs> right. He just, that. He just seems like that kind of guy, right? He'll put the brakes on anything, man. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think, but I think, Adam, I, I'd like to see both teams get a possession. I think it'd be good for TV. Uh, mm -hmm. I'd like to see a guy like Allen for the Buffalo Bills get another shot at scoring a touchdown, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. And I guess the the only counter argument is like, okay, let's say they go down and score a touchdown right away. Then the game's just getting elongated even longer. Right. But I like you just said, oh, and that's good for TV then, right? Yeah. If if one team's going down, if Patrick Mahomes goes down and scores a touchdown, then Josh Allen counters with another, another yeah. touchdown. Like, who's Man. complaining? You could watch that for hours, television? right? Definitely can. Yeah, here, here, I, I wonder it. if uh, Tomlin had Roethlisberger in his prime, if he'd still feel the same way. Maybe Mitch being his quarterback <laughs> changes opinion. Yeah, maybe. Hey, I'll ask you. I, I do want to throw this serious question at you, Olin, though. As, mm -hmm. a, as a lineman mm -hmm. playing in a game like that, though, that now you're talking about you're getting deep into overtime, multiple possessions, back and forth, or maybe even the better question is a defensive lineman that can't get a stop in that yeah. situation. Mm -hmm. Like, are you worried about safety? Are you worried about being tight or any of those things? Like, how does a lineman feel about the game continuing on and on like that? Yeah, I mean, it just – it just depends, like you're saying, what side of it you're on. But you're mm -hmm. right. Anytime you play more football, 
uh, you are liable to get injured, right? You're, you're on the field longer. Uh, the thinking just like we're saying, but I'm sure it would be one touchdown and then sudden death at some point, right? It wouldn't just keep going. So, uh, but, you know, gosh, man, I mean, if we're on the field at that moment, I'm just trying to win the game. Like, I, I'm fine with it. So, I, mean, I don't know. If I'm playing for Mahomes or Allen, I'm fine with playing as much football as you want. <laughs> <laughs> just depends on who's on your side, I guess. For sure. All right, Adam, well, appreciate you uh, reporting from, you know, nice, sunny Palm Beach, Florida, and we'll hear from you tomorrow. Yeah, I was trying to set up over by the beach in the Atlantic yeah, Ocean, man. guys. Enjoy the, the sun. You, the, you earned it, man. The, it didn't go that far, so I couldn't, uh, I couldn't set that up. <laughs> no, you guys are doing a great job today. Keep up the hard work. And, uh, again, the uh, written content, members only, allchgo.com. Make sure you guys are checking that out while I'm here in Florida, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. All right, Adam. Thanks, man. Before we go into the last segment of the show, got to tell you again about PointsBet. If you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us to continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which, again, unlocks all of our web content like Adam was just talking about, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, Olin, we have a couple of things that we want to get to in this last segment here, but before we get into ranking our kind of our top five um you know just moves that have happened in the nfl i wanted to get your take real quickly because we spoke about ryan bates real quickly right i wanted to just quickly i think we have the graphic where it will show the offensive line that we had that the bears had in week 18 against the minnesota vikings Mm -hmm. and what's kind of projected here in 2022 when you kind of look at that What's just your take? Are, are the Bears better at offensive line now than they were in the last game against the Minnesota Vikings, that starting lineup? It's a, it's a projection here, right? Mm-hmm. Are, are they better? I, I think you're hoping the scheme is a little better for these guys. And me and you were talking earlier about, uh, you know, short-setting guys and pass pro. And you had asked me about that because you had heard Janoko talking about it. Mm-hmm. And that obviously is an easier set than setting back. Uh, trying to protect a quarterback who's standing deep in the pocket, five or seven yards. I don't want to put everybody to sleep with the things that I love the most, but um, those are just little details. But, you know, I don't – like you're projecting Ryan Bates playing 16 games at right guard. No one's ever seen him do that. Nope. You're projecting Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum. So we go back to what you had asked me about earlier, the development of these players and their strength staff. And uh, Jimmy Arthur, who they brought back, who was Rusty Jones's assistant strength coach here um, back in the mid-2000s, uh, was with the Dolphins the last couple of years. I wouldn't be shocked if they get Jason Peters back on the phone and say, man, mm-hmm. uh, uh, do you want to come play a little more football, uh, get in shape, start earlier this year, uh, get him off the fishing boat a little earlier. <laughs> um, that This Ryan Bates and James Daniels switch, that'll be interesting. Because we talked about earlier, as it, it's it's interesting to me, Nicholas. And I wonder what you think about this. Yeah, it's interesting to me how people will say, "Well, Nagy and them were so bad that 
Justin Fields struggled or that Mooney struggled or that that also applies goes for the line. offensive line, right? It, it applies to offensive line. Like the offensive line, when you watch the film over the years, their margin for error was so small in that offense, right? They couldn't make a mistake because a lot of times they were on an island block. I remember Tevin Jenkins coming in for his first couple plays against Green Bay and Laser and Nagy put him on an island one-on-one with Preston Smith, right? On an island, I mean that he's one-on-one with no help. Uh, this will be interesting to see, watch that development so hard to project Lucas, Patrick, and, and Bates into this offense away from Allen and Aaron, Aaron Rodgers and say, okay, they're going to perform at the same level. You know, I know a lot of people just on Twitter were saying the mentality that maybe a Lucas Patrick plays with, Ryan Bates plays with. That's why it's almost seen maybe as an upgrade. But, I mean, look, you still got to evaluate, the you know, what they did on the field. And for people who are listening to this podcast, just in case, um, again, that, that starting lineup from Week 18 versus the Vikings – Jason Peters at left tackle, Cody Whitehair at left guard, center Sam Mustafer, right guard James Daniels, right tackle Larry Borum, and then going to what is projected right now as the roster stands, left tackle Tevin Jenkins, left guard Cody Whitehair, center Lucas Patrick, right guard Ryan Bates, and we'll know officially by tomorrow, and then right tackle Larry Borum. So those who were the guys we were kind of discussing there. but A lot, a lot of potential. A lot, right? see, a that's lot the of thing. potential there. There's not nothing you don't like about those guys. It's just, can like, winning teams have twelve to thirteen guys who are top ten and eleven at their position in the NFL, right? And then they have one or two guys who are like borderline. Either they are Hall of Famers or they're borderline Hall of Famers. If I go through the Bears roster, I cannot find myself a guy that I say this guy's a Pro Bowler. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Quinn, Robert Quinn, if he if he, if he has back to back years like he had, breaking Roquan Richard Dents would probably be Roquan, in but mix. but Roquan, like it's, it's just when you look at it, especially on offense, those guys like you can run to the ball, you can start fights, you you can have a great attitude, you still have to block the guy in front of you, right? You still have to stand in front of a guy on fourth and one. We are running behind this guy because he's this good. We don't care if the guy in section 292 knows it. We are running at this A-gap. We don't care. You cannot stop it. The Bears do not have an offensive lineman like that. Right now, they have to develop them, and that, to me, is the scare. And I'm going to tell you right now, if, if, if you argue, like, I can, if you say, I watch film, I know Ryan Bates is better than James Daniels. I will tell you right now, you don't know how to watch film. That is a fact. I, I mean, I, I agree with you there, Olin. And another thing that actually, going back to what Matt Bowen said, all these moves need to make uh, Justin Fields being all pro, yeah. right? That was yeah. a big thing. And now I look at these moves, I don't know if that's necessarily the case, right? With a Lucas Patrick, well, Ryan Bates, and maybe maybe well, in the long run. Listen, if, if, if Lucas and Bates, if, if Bates, if the Bills do not match the offer, which they made a huge mistake with the offer they, they gave to Ryan Bates, but... If the Bills do, these guys can develop, mm-hmm. right? Like, That's the thing. Like Chris Morgan, Ryan Poles, Ian Cunningham, they have three guys now in that building. Now, you will say that the Bears, over the last 15 years, have more guys in that building that understand O-line play than they've had in a long time. Very true. Right? And they like Bates and Lucas Patrick. Now, if we're going to be 100% honest, they went after Brian Allen first to be their center, right, for the Rams. And they did not outbid the Rams. The Rams outbid the Bears for Brian Allen's services. So that's who they wanted first. But 
if Lucas Patrick and Ryan Bates, if they see something in this outside zone system and they develop, then then yes, look, man, I would love to come on here that you know weeks fifteen because don't let them have one good game and and then tell me they're playing good because I don't believe in that. I'll come in there week fifteen and say, man, I was completely wrong. This guy is better than James Daniels. And we actually have a question, or yeah, who should uh, from CJ saying who should I trust more to evaluate the O line, <laughs> Olin or Poles? <laughs> Ryan Poles, guys, listen, <laughs> I don't have access to the film. This man has access to these scouts. Like, let's be honest, they watch film. That's their. Yeah. I mean, oh my gosh, Ryan Poles has been watching uh, James Daniels and Bates, and uh, maybe since they were in high school. That's how much film mm-hmm. <laughs> these scouts watch. They love the game. Listen, uh, 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 trust Pose better, but if I end up right more than him, then you can trust me more. <laughs> you see this? Can't spell O-line without oh. Olin. I like that. <laughs> you definitely can't. Olin is the best thing. I, I love it. So, Olin, before we, we get we're almost out of time here, we uh-huh. wanted to go and kind of rank our, our top, like, five just, again, moves that have happened in free agency. And we'll kind of just start off here, um, number five, working our way up. And how I did it, Olin, I ranked the moves that helped the team overall as a whole. Okay, perfect. So So give me your number five. Number five, I have the Raiders. And adding Devontae Adams, add Chandler Jones, young corner and Rocky Sin, who they also acquired. They become a competitor. Yeah, Chandler Jones opposite Max Crosby. Exactly. So there's a force there. But that's kind of my fifth uh, Uh team in terms of the additions there. What do you kind of got there, Olin? Number number five, five, I have Aaron Rodgers returning to the Green Bay Packers. I, like I don't it. like talking about them too much, but <laughs> Aaron Rodgers coming back, getting $150 million guaranteed. You don't own us. You can shove that up your ass. Um, <laughs> but good football player. Um, I think in Bakhtiari is healthy again. They draft a couple of receivers. I think anytime the league MVP comes back to your team, it's a pretty big move. Quickly, Olin, Lawrence over here, our fantastic producer. I don't know if you saw the picture of him side by side with Aaron Rodgers, but can you can you kind of see it a little bit? <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> so Aaron Rodgers I, has I've never been that handsome in his life. <laughs> oh, thank you, man. No problem, man. There we go. Uh, I had to do that, Lawrence. Um, my number four move, I have the Browns, you know, on the football field acquiring Deshaun Watson, what that does to that football team. Um, you know, just an immense upgrade at the quarterback position. You also add a guy like Amari Cooper, already have Nick Chubb in place. But, again, they're another team that is in contention to win, you know, just by adding a Deshaun Watson there. Yeah, um, I, I have that a little higher. I'll get to that. But my number four, former offensive lineman, I got to go with Teron Armstead, mm-hmm. signing with the Miami Dolphins for the amount of money uh, he signed for, $15 million. They've drafted in the last year's Austin Jackson in 2020 in the first round, Robert Hunt in 2020 in the second round. So they have Liam Eichenberg, 2021 mm-hmm. out of Notre Dame in the second round. Their center is in his fourth year. So they have a lot of young offensive linemen that need to develop. I think getting a guy, Teron Armstead, who can play elite at left tackle and help you develop the other offensive linemen, I think that's a huge pickup for them. Man, that yeah, that's going to be a scary And then Tyreek Hill's there. Oh, yeah. Add, add that guy in there as well. <laughs> uh, number three, I just have the Broncos adding Russell Wilson. I mean, yeah. you know, you do that, and now you, you have a legitimate quarterback, which Vic Fangio I probably was thinking, like, man, couldn't you have done this like a year sooner? And oh, man. What, what could have been, right, yes. with, with a Russell Wilson? But they also added Randy Gregory and uh, DJ Jones to that defense, so kind of bolstering the entire team. But number three, the Broncos adding really Russell Wilson. Yeah, I, I have that a little higher on my list. Uh, obviously, we only have 
where he left. But <laughs> I got Tom Brady. He unretires. Listen, That's a good I one. mean, I, I mean, That's a good one. how do you even explain this? The guy was drafted in 2000. I was drafted in 1998. <laughs> like that's insanity, man. He's 44 years old. Okay, I think he's going to his 24th year, and of course, because he's going straight to heaven, he takes 25 <laughs> million and not 50 something million to come back. And the guy's unbelievable. So uh, him coming back, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers mighty close to beating the Rams last year, right? Uh, Tom Brady always seems to be there. I think him unretiring, although no one really thought he was retired, Tom, I hate to tell you that. <laughs> no one really believed you were retired. Uh, but him coming back to Tampa Bay, Ryan Jensen immediately decided to go back to Tampa Bay, I think a huge move for them. And, you know, just Tom Brady, like we just mentioned Matt Bowen, that was the pick before Tom Brady. Matt right. Bowen, like, which right. is crazy. Well, to, I mean, that's two you know? about the same caliber players, you know, getting yeah. drafted about the same map. <laughs> 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 I don't know if Matt would Sorry, say the Matt, same, man. but Matt is an no, amazing. Matt is uh, amazing, yes. <laughs> but crazy thing about. Uh, number two, I just have what the Bengals have done in terms of bolstering that offensive line mm, for Joe Burrow, like man. It. Sacked 51 times last year, and then you add Lael Collins from the Cowboys, then you upgrade the interior with, I hope I don't pronounce the last name right, Ted Karras? Ted Karras from Karras? Illinois. Yep. Right, from played at Illinois, yep. yes. And then Alex Kappa, too. Like, that was what they needed to do, the Bengals. Yep. And they addressed that offensive line. And now maybe you'll see the Bengals playing in the Super Bowl again. Who knows? But I have just the Bengals and bolstering that offensive line for like Joe it. Burrow. Hey. Offensive line. Had love. to do it. I like it. I got Deshaun Watson. I know you had him a little farther down. Uh, we can argue about his off-field issues all we want. As a quarterback, the Cleveland Browns were fourth in rushing last year. They're 27th in passing. He walks into the fourth rushing team in the league with Amari Cooper. They have one of the best offensive lines in their run game. There is a guy by the name there. His name is Bill Callahan. He is a legend offensive line coach. Google him if you don't know him, especially if you want to keep arguing about me with Ryan Bates. Make sure you know about other offensive linemen, other offensive line coaches, just a little bit. Just if you want to argue offensive line, just know a little more about it than the guy on your team. Um, this is going to be Stefanski, very good coach. This is going to be an interesting offense to watch. I think their defense under Joe Woods, defense quarter was top five in the league last year. This team could be very good. Man, there's just so many good teams in the AFC, Olin. Right. And this another one for my number one. I have the Chargers and what they've done this offseason. Just adding Khalil Mack, you get J.C. Jackson as your cornerback. You add to the O-line with – or. You add to you add Sebastian Joseph Day, re-sign Mike Williams. You add you even like a tight end with uh, Gerald Everett. Just so many weapons for Justin Herbert, and you're really taking advantage of that rookie contract going all out. And now again, like a lot of these other teams we mentioned, are teams that can compete, compete for that Super Bowl title. So really like what they did, and you know anytime you can have Joey Bosa and Cleo oh, Mack on you know the same. Line there. That's that's Staley, right? And remember, and, you, you remember Jay Rogers. Oh yeah, right. The Bears' defensive Huge. line coach. He is. I think he's the outside linebacker coach there. So he's coaching Bosa and Mac. So they have they have a anyway. Ooh. You know what the call is from the center when <laughs> Bosa and Mac line up? Timeout. <laughs> My number one pick is Russell Wilson. Okay, Russell Wilson going to Denver. The only thing I'm worried about, like you mentioned, was. It's, it's like you can't get it right, right? It's like you have the all-star coaching staff, and then you get rid of it, and then you bring in Russell Wilson. It just it doesn't make sense. But I just think Russell Wilson is that good. I mm -hmm. think he is that dynamic. I think Nathaniel Hackett and him together uh, will be dangerous. Throw, uh, throwing to Jerry Judy, uh, throwing to Cortland Sutton, I, I think they'll be very good. The one thing I worry about, like I talk to you guys about a lot of times, if you want to know offensive line play, make sure you know everybody involved. 
Garrett Bowles, their left tackle there, struggled for years. Mm-hmm. Mike Munchek got hired. He fixed his game, and he got re- and he got paid, and Garrett Bowles playing better football. Where about the offensive line? Without offensive line coach Mike Munchek, who got fired, they hired Butch Barry to coach your offensive line in Denver because I know that our affiliates with the CHGO podcast over there in Denver are interested in Denver. Start talking about their offensive line and their offensive line coach is something you need to worry about. Something you need to worry about for sure. And let's get to some super chats before we kind of close out this show here. Um, we have any agreement about not bringing in some veteran quarterback slash Shelly help Gilmore and Honey Badger question mark. Olin, uh, Mahalo's, Mahalo's. representing Hawaii. It's a way of saying Mahalo. Thank okay, you. I couldn't just even put I, a Z on it. I just couldn't even uh, read Hawaiians it. Olin's say Mahalo's for representing Hawaii. He said he's from Kahuku. Oh. Kahuku now, per capita, may produce the most football players in the United States. That place is unbelievable in football. They're a small public school. Uh, they're a country town in Hawaii, right on the beach, and they play football. If you show up, buckle your pads. Buckle them up because this, they are coming to hit you in the mouth. But. Honey Badger, yeah. They need, we talked about the cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. They need help at the cornerback position. What makes sense? I don't know about Gilmore because I haven't really studied him, Nicholas. I don't know if you've heard anything, but the fact that he's not signed worries me a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I don't know what he has on film. I don't know what money he's asking for, and I don't know where he's at in his career. Yeah, so, I mean, again, a big name, but does he fit the system of what the Bears are doing collectively in free agency? They, they didn't really dish out a lot of money to a lot of these uh, players here. But um, I think we're yeah, gonna that, wrap it up, last, Olin. That, that means this is, you know, this is this that's is a good it, show, man. Yeah. And I'll just kind of give the the little outro here. That's going to do yeah. it for this episode. We, I, think, I think we can leave Adam in Palm Beach. I, I yeah. think he'd like that, honestly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't think <laughs> so. Let's not give him what he wants. That's too easy. Maybe we can switch. You we can go s- and then I go and then we just switch. We can take every turns. Week. Yeah. We can take turns. We just act like there's an owner meeting there all the time. <laughs> the owner meeting in uh, you we'll know be there in I'm here at the owners meeting in December. So make sure you check out all allchgo.com. Follow us on Twitter. CHGO underscore bears and CHGO underscore sports. And we just made a TikTok. So go check that out along with all of our team Twitter accounts and make sure to give them a follow. We'll be back tomorrow. Will and I will be in studio. Olin will be back on Thursday. But until next time, bear down, Chicago.